Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. It's the 11th of February, 2021. The debate in our nation today is around the meaning, intent, interpretation, and resulting action of a person saying, fight like hell. Context matters. Who says it matters? How they say it matters? How it's heard matters? Fight like hell. How do you hear that? What does it mean for the Christian to fight like heaven? So that's my, uh, my hope today. Every time you hear someone say or a video or audio repetition of fight like hell, I want you as a Christian to, I want your heart and your mind to respond, fight like heaven. Yes, we are to fight, but we are to fight the good fight. Yes, fight, but fight for justice and righteousness using an entirely different set of weapons, armor, strategies, and principles. Fight like Jesus on our knees, arms spread wide, living sacrifices, ambassadors of a king and a kingdom, not of this world and not of its ways. Fight like heaven today. I know some of you are already screeching at me. Think about why. Why are you screeching at me? Because I have said that, in, that Christians should fight not like hell, but fight like heaven? Turning the other cheek, going the extra mile, blessing those who persecute, praying for those who accuse us, forgiving those who wrong us, fleeing from the temptation to take up the weapons of this world, malice, contempt, enmity, retribution, hate, and instead putting on the full armor of God that we might withstand Shining like stars in a perverse generation, sowing peace, and yes, and so far as it depends on us to seek to live peaceably with everyone. Yeah, check your spirit, man, because if right now you're screeching at me, you're screeching at Jesus. You're not screeching at me. What does it mean for Christians to respond to a world that is fighting like hell to be people who fight like heaven? What might it look like for you and I to fight like heaven today? When the devil tempted Jesus to trade the power of the kingdom of God for all of the kingdoms of this world, Jesus turned him down. Do we? When Peter raised the sword to defend Jesus when he faced unrighteous arrest, Jesus told him to do what? Put it away. And then he healed the guy who, who got sliced up. When Peter was in prison, the early church did not go as a mob to break him out. They got down on their knees and they prayed for God to glorify himself. I'm telling you, the world knows how to fight like hell, and fight they do. It is time for Christians to like, live as lights in the midst of that. We don't belong to this world, though we yet live in it. We are citizens of another kingdom, ambassadors of another king, called to live as provisional demonstrations of His kingdom and those kingdom principles in the midst of the kingdoms of this world, and we don't fight like hell. 
We fight like heaven. We acknowledge God and his power to redeem. We pray and we seek justice and righteousness, but not through violence, nor intimidation, nor retribution. When you hear the phrase today, fight like hell, I want your mind to resist and respond, I will not. I will fight like heaven, for I am a saint. I am a child of God. I am an ambassador. I am redeemed in Christ, and hell is beneath me. And so, therefore, is fighting like hell. I will instead put on the full armor of God, and I will stand, and I, I can do no other. Like the Apostle Paul before me, Though I walk in the flesh, I will not wage war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of the very power of God, whose authority I possess by the Spirit and who has already overcome the world. Ben Johnson is up next. He and I are going to talk about the fighting like hell that's going on in Washington. That's up next here on Mornings with This is my right, a right given by God, to live a free life, to live in freedom. Joining me now, Ben Johnson from the Acton Institute. You can find what Ben is writing at Acton, A-C-T-O-N dot O-R-G. Ben, welcome back. Good to be with you, Carmen. Thank you. All right. So the impeachment trial is uh, well underway. uh, And I will say that, you know, for those who might have entered into this in an impartial way, having seen nothing, a compelling case was made. Um, But the whole story is not yet been told. The defense has not yet had an opportunity to make its case. Where are we now in the second now impeachment trial of President Donald Trump? Well, I think the really the most important issue was settled yesterday, which was the constitutionality of impeaching the president once he is out of office. Uh, of course, the impeachment uh, took place while he was in office. Now, the uh, trial typically would be to remove the president from office. Since he's already gone, there was a question of the constitutionality. Obviously, when it comes to uh, a presidential level, this has never taken place before. And so there was a vote on whether this should even proceed and the procedural issue passed forward. Uh, frankly, I, I think that that uh, is a, a questionable position, to say the least. It's only happened once in national history to the uh, Secretary of War under Ulysses S. Grant, uh, William Belknap, and uh, he ultimately was not, uh, he was acquitted by the Senate because, in part, they thought that this was a, an unconstitutional maneuver. Uh, the constitutionality passed 56 to 44 last night with six Republicans crossing the aisle. The only real surprise there was uh, Senator Cassidy of Louisiana. Uh, but I'll tell you, the uh, there was an opening statement yesterday. Uh, if Donald Trump paid Bruce Castor to give that speech, you understand why he went bankrupt. That was <laughs> that was the most bizarre, rambling, uh, uh, incoherent, uh, and and you know, as as someone who does early morning radio. Uh, it was you know, as someone who does early morning radio, uh, often without any caffeine. Uh, I, I resemble those remarks, but this guy was uh, he was paid, uh, and he has his client writing on his every word, and he decided to talk about his home movies and his his love for the Senate, and and uh, sort of went from nowhere to nowhere. So uh, that was how I looked at that side of it. 
Um, on the uh, the Democratic side, as you say, they they splice together a tape uh, of the president's statements and then flashing to uh, the the mob at the Capitol that ultimately uh, did storm the Capitol building. The the interstitial elements of that, however, were dropped. Uh, so it was not uh, a one-for-one -one tape. This would not open a court of law. Uh, and uh, the idea that, uh, uh, you know, this, this constitutes much of anything in terms of what he had to say, you know, there's an old bit of advice that lawyers have handed down for generations. If you have the facts on your side, pound the facts. If you have the law on your side, pound the law. And if you don't have either, pound the table. Uh, that video of the wreckage of the Capitol is pounding the table. It's stirring the emotions about how bad the result was, but it doesn't prove the underlying motivation or intention uh, or that this was a premeditated act. So, so to me, it feels like uh, the prosecution has a hole that the defense could, could go through, provided that they ever choose to quit talking about themselves and get to it. Okay, so a few observations. Um, I, I concur with you, uh, and I think that there's, a, there's certainly a play for the hearts um, the the question of the play for the minds is is I think the question that you and I are constantly provoked to act uh, to ask um, the question about history, which is sort of a head argument versus personal experience, um, what you saw, what you felt, what you see, and then therefore feel now. Um, those are emotional arguments. Those are very powerful um, as are images today. Um, I think that if, and I'll just ask you this question, if I genuinely believed that uttering the words fight like hell um, was incitement to violence, if I honestly believed that, and I honestly believed that, in, that when intonated by a particular individual in a particular context was incitement to violence, and I'm a member of the media, and I keep looping that video Am I not right now inciting people? Like, I, if, if you're going to argue that it was incitement when it was said in context by that individual on that day, is it not incitement now to keep running that video over and over and over again? And they all are. And this is how the media has has treated every scandal and every controversy for our entire generation. Uh, they, they continually play the offending video, and then they're amazed when riots break out. Uh, and then they get to cover the riot. So really, for media, it's a win-win. It's that constant sugar high of outrage that's being spoon-fed to you. So, uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is highly inciting if you believe that that is an incitement to violence. Now, the legal definition of incitement, uh, which has not come up a great deal, uh, means that you actually have to advocate an act of violence uh, or that it's right for people to commit an act of violence. And uh, the, the actual precedent was set here in my home state of Ohio Brandenburg v. Ohio in 1969, where a member of the Ku Klux Klan uh, vowed to take what he called revengeance uh, against the kind of people the Klan would like to take revengeance against. And that was interpreted as an act of violence. Ultimately, uh, the Supreme Court said not only do you have to advocate real violence, but there has to be a threat of what it's called, and this is the quote, imminent lawless action. So if we were in a court of law, that would be the standard that people would look for. Does something that uh, someone says provoke imminent lawless action from those who hear it? Uh, so that would be the legal standard. However, uh, when it comes to impeachment, frankly, the founding fathers, if you read through the Federalists, say that essentially high, high crimes and misdemeanors is not a legal term. 
There's nowhere where you will find the term high crimes anywhere in law. Essentially, an impeachable offense is anything that two-thirds of the U.S. Senate agrees is an impeachable offense. So ultimately, you will be removed on that basis. So impeachment is and was always intended to be a political action to defend the U.S. Constitution from people who were breaking the Constitution. Uh, if we operated merely on the basis of original intent, we would have impeached every, every president since Calvin Coolidge. So uh, there's, there's a lot of wiggle room here. It's essentially whatever you have the political will to move forward with. Um, ultimately, we're talking about a president who's already left office. Uh, the person who should be most offended by this is Joe Biden, because he, you only get one first hundred days, and his legislative agenda is being put on hold while all of this uh, process is playing out. Really, if you want to have a, a, an historic first 100 days like FDR, like Ronald Reagan, you want to get legislation passed. And uh, ultimately, he's waiting on his own party to get out of his way. All right, Ben Johnson and I are going to return to this conversation in just a moment. We're also going to talk about the status of Jimmy Lai. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continue my conversation with Ben Johnson from the Acton Institute. You should check out what he's writing at Acton, A-C-T-O-N dot O-R-G. Um, ben, anything uh, anything else on our conversation related to impeachment? The trial is not over, nor do I suspect will the conversation be over even when the trial is over. No, I think you're right. And, you know, is, is it a qu- it's a question really of, um, uh, to me, it's, it's a legal question, but uh, for most people, it's a political question. Uh, did the president mislead? Look, I think everyone knows that the, cra- the Kraken is a mythical creature. So the idea that uh, there were machines that were pinging off of other machines in Venezuela and, and uh, recording thousands of votes for every vote for Biden and so on, uh, that's, that's obviously far-fetched, to say the least. Uh, so that's, you know, you, you've got the standard of misleading, certainly, and that's concerning. Uh, however, whether that's an impeachable offense uh, and whether that's an incitement to violence, I think that's the step that, uh, that just went too far. But this, this conversation is going to continue to go on because uh, it's going to play out. And I think ultimately uh, some of this, uh, either this or uh, other related uh, issues with the Trump organization, will play out probably in the, uh, the Southern District of New York court system or some other uh, secular court uh, on bona fide charges. I think it will also continue to play out in the court of public opinion, um, uh, reading headlines today that the former president is uh, planning a retribution tour against those, any and all uh, Republican senators who do not uh, stand with him. So it's going to be old fashioned um, Christian retribution. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I started with that. Let's not fight like uh, hell. Let's fight like heaven. All right. Let's talk about a guy who does fight like heaven. Um, and that's Jimmy Lai. Remind our listeners who he is and then bring us up to date on his status. Jimmy Lai is one of the most amazing people uh, in the world right now, as far as I'm concerned. Jimmy Lai uh, was a, a child who came from China to Hong Kong, was a child laborer, worked his way up to becoming a billionaire, first uh, by selling clothing. Then he uh, opened up his own media empire by publishing what's called uh, Apple Daily. Uh, it's a it's a tabloid that does not hew to the Communist Party line. He did this after the Tiananmen Square incident because he saw people in his homeland suffering under communism. He wanted to expose that. Well, in 1997, of course, Hong Kong was handed back to China, and there was this promise that for 50 years they would maintain 
one nation but two systems. Uh, the British common law would be observed and people would have the same kind of freedoms that they had been used to for 50 years. 1997, as you know, was not 50 years ago and that's already been breached through what's called the national security law, which essentially makes it illegal to, uh, to have any kind of speech that the uh, Communist Party believes undermines their authority. Jimmy Lai was arrested for that. He has been uh, arrested under multiple trumped-up charges over the years. And Jimmy Lai was released on bail for about nine days between Christmas and uh, he was brought back on New Year's Eve. This is a common tactic of uh, the Communist Party going back for generations. Uh, it's been mentioned in the U.S. Congress in transcripts in 1972 that the communists will engage in what's known as a form of mental torture, where they'll promise to release someone, uh, and then they will renege on that promise. And ultimately, uh, there's a sort of a psychological game going on, where they will try to uh, encourage people who are related to him, perhaps his family uh, stateside, to try and give in to affect his release by making statements that are positive to the regime. Uh, they'll try to they'll try to uh, extract promises from the person in order to win his release or good behavior, and then they'll simply intensify the abuse. So Jimmy Lai is is going through hell on earth right now uh, in a, in a very uh, very real way. The the only thing that he brought to court when he was denied bail this past week was a spiritual book, and. Uh, beautiful book uh, written by uh, Thomas Merton, and uh, it says in there, people have no idea what one saint can do because sanctity is stronger than the whole of hell. And I think that connects with what you were saying at the beginning of this segment so so well, the beginning of this hour. Sanctity is stronger than the whole of hell, that uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that ultimately Satan and all of his minions will fall uh, when it comes to raising up against God's anointed and uh, that belongs to Christ. Here on earth, we very well may suffer, but uh, we overcome by the word of the Lamb and by the blood of our testimony. So that's ultimately where Jimmy Lai is right now. He's facing his, uh, his stand for free speech like a martyr. He is a Christian man. And so please pray for him uh, as he's in the crucible of the Chinese Communist Party in Hong Kong. Um, ben, would you pray for him right now? Let's do so. Mighty Lord Jesus Christ, we come together as a Christian people on behalf of this, your servant, Jimmy Lai. We ask you, Almighty Lord, stretch forth your hand full of blessing and balm and healing and touch this, your suffering servant. Almighty God, grant him a renewal of his faith, grant him a renewal and a comforting to his spirit. Let him know that millions of saints around the world are praying for him. Millions of Chinese saints there on the mainland are praying for him, our brothers and sisters who are in the underground church. And we, over the airwaves, will join our hearts and our voices with them. Our voices will go where theirs cannot go because they are the voiceless Christians that we speak for. Almighty God, may the voice of, may your voice go out over the waters. May it go forth into the heart of Jimmy Lai and prepare him for what to say and let him know exactly what to do moment by moment and day by day. Grant him the sure and certain knowledge that you are with him in all things. Make yourself so real and manifest yourself to him in a way that is tangible and palpable so that there's no question that you are with him as he goes through the valley of the shadow of death. Preserve him, almighty God, and may truth prevail. As your glorious servant Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, one word of truth is stronger than the whole world. 
Lord, you told us your word is truth. May we cling to your word and may your spirit shine through us and enable us to stand up for those like Jimmy Lai who are suffering in the areas where we have the opportunity to make a difference. Almighty God, ultimately may you prevail by the power of your word and to the glory of your holy name. We pray this through Jesus Christ, to whom is all glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Ben, thank you so much. Uh, Friends, we'll be right back. All right, it is uh, Valentine's Day week. And so uh, many of you have been wondering, you know, why should I not talk more about love? Where's the love segment? Where's the love? Show me the love. All right, we're going to show you some love right now. Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force is going to join me. We're going to talk about love. And we're going to talk about um, the world knowing Christ by the love that we show one another and the world around us. So love more than a fleeting feeling. Oh, yes. In fact, it's a command. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, if you were to go to MyFaithRadio.com right now, you're going to see all kinds of uh, great things that you can click on. Right at the top of the list is the Love God Greatly Bible giveaway. And so I want to highlight that for you right now um, because God loves you. God loves you. The God who is love uh, is abiding. He is faithful. His love endures forever. God is love. How do we experience the deep love um, for God? Well, we're going to give away some Love God Greatly Bibles, uh, two copies each week this month, hoping that God will speak to you in, in and through his word and cultivate within you not only a knowledge of who he is, the God who is love, but that you would experience his love for you and then receive his love into you in such a way that it would pour forth into the world that God so loves. So we're giving away two copies each week this month of the Love God Greatly Bible, and you can enter to win at MyFaithRadio.com, among a ton of other cool stuff that you can do there today as well. Hey, Kathy Branzell joins me next. We're going to talk about love, and we're going to talk about whether or not the world will know Christ by the love we show. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Sometimes parents assume the only way to be good parents is to be in control of their teens and to stop them from making mistakes. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. If you've got a death grip on your child or you swoop in to save them from a potential failure, get a hold of yourself. Hey, a good parent actually gives away control to their growing child. It's the only way your teen will learn through the decisions he makes. So, It's time to quit doing everything for your teen. Think of it as a well-deserved vacation. You get to let go of some of the responsibility you've been carrying around and let your teen take some of the weight. Mom, Dad, maybe it's time to let go. Want more help from Mark Gregston? Find books and other resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org or search for Parenting Today's Teens in your favorite app store.
right, joining me now, Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. You can find what we're talking about today at nationaldayofprayer.org. Kathy, welcome back. Good morning. Good morning. All right, it's the month of love. So uh, talk with us about the love of God and how the world is going to know love by the way we love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and and for us at National Day of Prayer Task Force, um, this is the month of love for us because we're praying out, you know, our theme for this year and our prayer for this year. You know, um, Holy Spirit, pour out your love, life and liberty. And so this month we're focused on love or <laughs> with the rest of the world. Um, but to talk about love the way God designed and defines it. Uh, you were saying earlier, he is love. Um, I love your love God greatly um, campaign that you are doing. But what I want to talk about with you today is to think about how God has greatly loved you. Mm. Um, Valentine can be a, a, a painful time for a lot of people um, because we get all wrapped up in flowers and chocolates and, you know, this and that. But Real love, true love, um, a love in a creator's heart that created you and me, that's that's real love, not cultural love, not counterfeit love. And, you know, Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so many times we um, jump to the focus of what we're supposed to do and we forget to start with what God's already done. And so I want to encourage everyone today and throughout this weekend to meditate on, to write down how Jesus has loved them. And, and and really ponder that because it's in that love. Um, yes, the world will know as we show love that we're his disciples, but let's take it all the way to the beginning. The world will know that we're his disciples because we're loved, because we act in a way that people act when they feel loved. All right, so I'm making my list. Uh, write down how Jesus has loved me. Jesus has loved me since before creation. Mm-hmm. Jesus has loved me in the act of creation. Yep. Jesus has loved me in the garden. Mm. Jesus has loved me beyond the gate. Yes. Jesus has loved me in the desert. Mm-hmm. Jesus has loved me in the wilderness. Yeah. Jesus has loved me in the incarnation. Jesus mm. has loved me at the cross. Yes. Jesus has loved me in the tomb. Jesus yeah. has loved me in the resurrection. Hmm. Jesus has loved me in the spirit. And Jesus loves me now. Yes. Jesus has loved you in the pit. Hmm. And Jesus has loved you on the mountaintops. Hmm. Jesus has loved you in those spaces and places you'd rather not ever talk about ever again. Because you're fully forgiven, you don't have to. Jesus loves you so much, you have nothing to hide. And you can't lose his love. You have nothing to lose with Jesus. 
because you cannot lose his love. Um, uh, for God so loved the world, uh, not for God so needed a world, for God so wanted a world, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. And you could rewind that all the way to the very beginning of um, when God said, let there be. Um, he put the stars into motion, the stars that follow the same pattern uh year after year, century after century, when he put the stars in place and named them, he already knew that he would be sending his son to redeem us because the Magi followed the stars when in the fullness of time. He loves you so much that you can't lose his love. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. It's true love. Read so many times we read 1 Corinthians 13, you know, love is patient, love is kind. And we think about that in terms of how we're supposed to show love. And yes, that's true. But Jesus is saying, even as I have loved you. So read your scripture verses about love first in, in how he has loved you. That's how we walk. That's the, the fruit of the spirit. We don't muster up love. Uh, the Holy Spirit creates love in us and through us. And um, that is a powerful way to walk, to love, and to be a follower of Jesus Christ so that the world will know. All right. So our assignment is to write down how Jesus loves us. This might be uh, an exercise today that um, that frankly takes the whole day uh, because your mm -hmm. list will get longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. Um, if you need uh, some provocation, consider the words of probably the earliest song that every little kid learns in a Christian home in the context yeah. of a Christian church, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm -hmm. um, and so consider all of the ways that you know that Jesus loves you from Scripture, and then consider what it means for you and I as Christians in the world today to show forth the love of Christ for the world um, by the way that we treat one another, by the way that we live, by the testimony of our witness. The blood of the Lamb is obviously a demonstration of God's love for the world, um, but so too is our testimony. And so what is our testimony today of the ways in which Jesus has loved us? Uh, Kathy Brandell and I are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. Love is Continuing my conversation with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Uh, what more would you like to say on this topic, um, Kathy, of love and the love of God for us in Christ Jesus and the love that we demonstrate in the world that others might know the love of God? Um, well, I just think that we're living in a very unique time in history and remember, God has established you and me for such a time as this. He put us here where we live, um, who we live with, who we live around, where we work, where we learn, where we worship, where we shop. Um, he ordains and authors our days. And the world feels very anxious and angry right now um, because... 
the world doesn't feel safe and doesn't feel loved. And love really is the answer. And, you know, there may be some people rolling their eyes right now. I'm not talking about the chalky, you know, little heart candy kind of message loves that we hand out on Valentine's Day. I'm talking about true love um, uh, as God defined and designed it. And how interesting in 1 Corinthians, you know, it starts out, love is patient, love is kind. And right now, if you want to transform a life, if you want to change the world, if you want to change your school, if you want to change your home life right now, be patient and be kind. And those two things, that's how love starts out. That's God has been very, very, very patient with me. And he has been very kind. Now I say that uh, you, you and I go a long way back. Kindness doesn't mean that we won't have trouble. Jesus told us, uh, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, you know, take courage. I've overcome the world. So um, in my tribulations, in my pit, in my um, anxiousness, he's been very patient and kind with me. And if we could learn to express that to the world, we will change the world. We're going to talk um, uh, in the second half of the next hour with uh, Tish Warren about um, that that faith in darkness, that yeah. the faithfulness of God in in what feel like periods of silence and absence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Love is persistent. The love of God is persistent. He is faithful, regardless of the circumstances of our lives. And so, um, you know, talk with us, Kathy, about the persistent, enduring nature of God's love, even when, even when the world tells us that it's sort of this fleeting affection. Um, Mm. You know, talk with us about the enduring way that God loves us. It's eternal. It, it, it mm. always has been and it always will be. And so it, it, if, if people tell you, if, if your feelings, if your emotions tell you something that's not biblical, it's a lie. You know, that's, that's part of um, the fruit of self-control is take control of your mind. Uh, don't let whatever you're seeing on the news sway your faith. Don't let what other people who aren't steeped in the Bible tell you, um, be careful who you listen to. I mean, that's another song we teach our children very young, you know, be careful little eyes, what you see, be careful little ears, what you hear. Um, and so if you feel alone, that's a lie. That is a lie because uh, the Bible tells you, God tells you, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Um, there are oftentimes you feel he's quiet Uh, And as an educator for many years, we always say, you know, the teacher's quiet during the test, but the teacher doesn't leave the room during a test. And so testing makes us stronger. We are such imperfect people. We are imperfect people. I want to say right now, also, if someone, if if a follower of Jesus Christ, if someone who goes to church or even a church, a pastor, a minister has hurt you, has offended you, um, did something to you that wasn't biblical, um, allow us as the body of Christ to just right now say, we're sorry. We're, we're deeply sorry. And we mean it with all the affection in the world. 
because we are, as followers of Jesus, imperfect people being perfected by a perfect God. And um, it, earlier you guys were playing that song, um, the Matthew West song, um, you know, I say I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. But I'm not. And that's true for all of us. Um, we're, we're not perfect, but uh, we are loved and he's filling us with that love. So go and share it. I'm just, um, I'm reminded that in life and in death, we belong to God. Uh, the, the be mine of Valentine's Day, I want everyone to hear um, today as the declaration of God upon your life. It's an invitation, be mine, but it's also a declaration um, that we are in Christ, God's own. And yes. every square inch, you know, Jesus, Jesus declares the love of God over every square inch of our lives and of creation itself. Um, redemption is real. Love is real. God is real and he loves you. And so if you hear nothing else that Kathy and I say today, please hear the declaration that God is love, that God loves you um, perfectly, persistently, eternally. And if you have never received uh, the love of God in Christ Jesus, Kathy and I want to invite you to be his today. Like, you know, and not in a yeah. sappy, sentimental Valentine's Day way, but in a an eternal from the cross, God has yeah. poured out his love for you um, in a way that no one else ever could and in a way that you desperately need. And so That's receive right. the love of God today in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hey, before we go, Kathy, I'd love for you to preview for us. Thursday, May the 6th is the National yeah. Day of Prayer. I know you are uh, intensely focused. I think it's like um, something like 83 days and 18 hours yeah. away. I bet you're <laughs> counting down. Uh, I bet you have a list of things to do on each one of those 83 days. Um, talk with us about the National Day of Prayer on Thursday, May the 6th. Oh, thank you. Yes, because so many people are calling and going, so are we going to have a National Day of Prayer? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't know that by law, it's public law uh, passed by Congress, uh, signed by Truman in 1952. This is our 70th anniversary mm. for the National Day of Prayer. How awesome to live in a nation where by law, the president calls the nation to pray for the nation. And so we will be having tens of thousands of gatherings from sea to shining sea. We are telling our coordinators, uh, plan in person, prepare to pivot. And I know people are sick of that word, but I'd like you to start thinking in terms of pivot being more and adding to uh, more people gathering, a more uh, cities and states opened up, a more, you know, maybe we'll be uh, um, the people with unveiled faces, <laughs> you know, who knows by then, only the Lord, but we are planning to pray, you know, 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so over the next three months, we are talking, our, praying our theme, spirit, pour out your love, and that's what we're talking about today. Holy Spirit, love, uh, fruit of the Spirit, love, love from heaven, real love, not counterfeit, but creator love. Pour out life, womb to tomb, eternal life, abundant life. Uh, know that the invitation you were given today to accept the love and be a follower of Jesus Christ isn't a death destination decision. This isn't just a heaven or hell when I die decision. It's an abundant life, change of life, forever decision that starts today when you say yes to him. And then pour out your liberty 
There's a lot of talk about freedom and liberty right now, but true liberty, if you feel unlovable, if you say no God could ever love me because of what I've done, you need to get to know him because he's bigger and better than anything you've ever done. And he will break the chains of shame, the games that the enemy plays with you, that you're unlovable, that you're not savable, that you're not worth anything. Those are all lies from the enemy, from Satan himself. And in Christ, you break those chains. Those chains are broken and you walk freely and fully in the destiny and the days that Jesus designed for you, filled with his love and his spirit. And that's what we're going to be praying on the National Day of Prayer and every day leading up to and through it. Yeah, that brings to mind that Zach Williams rendition of Chainbreaker. Um, yes. I just, you know, I just, um, that's rattling through my mind as you yes. are, you know, as you are describing that Jesus rose from the dead and broke the chains of sin and yes. death and the power of the devil. Uh, the question is whether or not I walk in the freedom that mm-hmm. Christ uh, gives me. I mean, I just think that there are many Christians who um, who are not walking in the freedom that uh, right. that Christ has won for us. Uh, and so we want to invite each and every one to consider that today as well. Kathy, as always, thank you so very much um, for praying for us, for praying with us, for inviting us into prayer, for training us up in prayer. We join you today um, in loving God Uh, loving one another, uh, doing so in the spirit of the one who is love. Um, Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Check it all out at nationaldayofprayer.org. Kathy, thank you. Thank you. We'll be right back. Okay, as, uh, as we look toward Valentine's Day, I, I recognize, I mean, you know, as a person who was single into my early 40s, I recognize um, it's weird. It's a weird holiday. I get it. Um, let's be praying uh, in, in preparation uh, for, the, for, the lonely, for the loners and the lonely uh, and looking out for opportunities to envelop other people in the love of God, in the God who is love. How can you and I through acts of kindness, we got a kindness initiative going on right now at MyFaithRadio.com. Um, through the witness of our testimony, if you want to learn how to uh, speak your testimony into the world, you can do so uh, today at MyFaithRadio.com. All kinds of ways to equip us in love. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.